welcome to Bangalore Revival Center. Here we dream revival and serve people with love. Today we have Pastor Vijay Belola from Apostolic Revival House Mumbai ministering from the word of God on how offenses can become a stumbling block for our breakthroughs. Listen through as he shares the word from the life of Mary and Martha. I want to uh talk to you from a passage of scripture that i personally have been meditating for some time now and the lord has been speaking to us through that portion and uh, um you know it's no wonder you guys were singing that song this morning you know i raise a hallelujah you know and death is defeated king is alive and you know i have been asking god god are you sh- you know so many times i don't know about you but i have got asked god god are you sure have you asked god that don't make me feel bad come on <laughs> really sure that song answered a question to me and uh, so if you have your bibles with you could you turn with me to John in the gospel of John chapter 11 and this is a passage where uh, all the events around the death and resurrection of Lazarus have been recorded in much detail you know it's mentioned in other passages of scriptures as well but i like how it is uh, in John John captures certain details that others have missed you know uh, john is somebody who's written things with a lot of detail mark was in a lot of hurry so his <laughs> but these fellows they had a lot of time doing it uh, so um, let's start reading from verse 28 um uh, sorry if i all of a sudden speak hindi it's out of uh, <laughs> habit uh, so please uh, it's not tongues for people who don't understand it <laughs> john chapter 11 verse 28 onwards i'm reading esv it says when she had said this she went and called her sister mary saying in private the teacher is here and is calling for you and when she heard it she rose quickly and went to him now jesus had not yet come into the village but was still in the place where where martha had met him when the jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw mary rise quickly and go out they followed her supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there now when mary came to where jesus was and saw him she fell at his feet saying to him lord if you had been here my brother would not have died when jesus saw her weeping and the jews who were had come with her also weeping he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled and he said where have you laid him they said to him lord come and see jesus wept so the jews said see how he loved him 
But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? Hallelujah. So now there is so much that the, the Holy Spirit has packed in this passage of scripture. We can, we can spend a good three months, four months dwelling on this chapter. But you know, there are a few things that I specifically, specifically want to talk to you about this morning. The Bible says, when they got news, that Jesus was in town, Lazarus had already been dead four days. The burial service was over, you know, everybody around knew that it's all done, it's finished, it's over. Jesus was coming in late. Can we say that Jesus was late? See, it's difficult to believe, is it? <laughs> Hey, I'm not saying it, the Bible's saying it. Come on, say it out loud. Jesus was late. Jesus was late. Ah. So Jesus was late and uh, Martha and Mary, they were weeping and they were mourning for their brother. They were, they were you know, this, bear, uh, this, this, this burden of pain, of a loss of somebody they loved. And Jesus was late. And when Jesus comes in, even before he could enter the town, news had already reached their home, saying, Jesus is there, he's coming. And the Bible says, as soon as uh, they, they, they heard that Jesus was around, Martha got up and she went out and she met Jesus. This all happened outside the town of Bethany. He was not even in the town. So imagine this, she got up and she went outside the town to meet Jesus. So, and the Bible says, Mary refused to leave the house. She did not. If you read the, the, the scripture portion before what we read, it says, she said, no, I'm not going. She did not go. So Martha goes out, meets Jesus. And the first thing she says to Jesus is, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And no doubt when Mary met him, the first thing she said as well was, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. That means they discussed it. Both the sisters and the friends and the family and everybody around. Hey, what happened? What happened to, 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 your, to your friend Jesus? Did, did you let him know? Oh, yeah, yeah, we, 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 we've told him. Uh, um, he said he'll be coming. I'm sure he's got the news, you know, because the person we sent to him to give the news, he's come back and he told us that I have told Jesus 
and he said he'd be coming. Okay, so he's, he, he, he's coming, he's coming. And, and, but what happened? Jesus did not turn up. So they were discussing how Jesus did not turn up. They were talking about it. You know, Mary, if only Jesus would have come on time. If only. And there are so many if onlys in our life. If only this would have been so. If only I would have gotten my visa. If only I would have cracked that examination. If only, if only, if only, if only. And it's not just an internal conversation. It was an outward conversation. That is why their language was exactly the same. See, when two people talk to you at different times about the same subject, and they say, Pastor, I'm only telling this to you. I'm, you know, I'm telling this to you because that's how they come and tell me. <laughs> I am telling this to you, Pastor, because you know, I, I know you will pray for that brother. I know you will pray for the sister. Or they'll come and tell you, you know, I'm just telling you because I know you're a prayer warrior. And they'll give you these big titles and they'll talk about it. And you'll say, okay, and the other brother comes and the third sister comes. But their language is the same. So it's not a one-off. You're not the only one. They've discussed it. So if Mary had the first thing to say, and Martha had the first thing to say, and they said it exactly the same way, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. It was verbatim. So you can imagine the kind of offense now they were carrying. Two things, such people you keep away from them. <laughs> Who come and tell you, I am telling only you. When they specify on the only, you know you're not the only one. <laughs> Come on, am I speaking the truth? Yes. You keep away from them. You know, in school they used to say one arm distance. <laughs> you keep them away. Our unmet expectations with God. And the burden of loss. So there is pain and there is expectation that is not met. It gives space to so much offense. Think about this. A Mary who said, I refuse to go and help Martha in the kitchen because I want to sit at the feet of Jesus. Now refuses to go out and meet Jesus. Come on. Are you with me? Yes. It should have been the other way around. Because yes. everybody thought Mary was so spiritually strong. She loves God so much. She loves Jesus so much. She is refusing to leave Jesus' feet. Martha, you worried about so many things. Because Jesus said, no? Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Jesus said, 
Mary has chosen the best part. It won't be taken away from her. He did not say she won't give it up. And we were so quick to judge Martha. But look at this. It was Martha who got up and went outside of the town and met Jesus. And Mary refused to even step out of the house. See, how much I love Jesus is not determined by how long I am able to sit at his feet. It's not just that alone. Because it is easy to sit at his feet when my family is flourishing. When my business is making money. It is easy to say, Jesus, I love you. When you've got a promotion. When you've bought a new house. When you have a new suit on. Come on, am I talking to somebody? But when you've just faced loss. When you're hurting in your emotions. When you feel betrayed, because that's what they were feeling. Jesus, you did not come on time. Because the person who came back after giving the news to them said, I have told Jesus, he's got a lot of time, he will come. But the disciples knew another fact. Jesus said, let's stay back another two days, no? So knowingly, Listen, knowingly, deliberately, Jesus delayed. So if the news of Jesus reaching Bethany reaches home even before Jesus reaches Bethany, don't you think the news of Jesus deliberately delaying his coming Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Jesus, if you would have been here, I would have not lost my house. Jesus, if you would have, you know, some, some direction you would have given me. And there's so much of unmet expectations. How much we love Jesus is seen when we are able to handle our emotions. When they are hurt. In other words, both the sisters were blaming Jesus for the death of their brother. So, it is because you were late that he died. It is because you did not show up. It is because pastor didn't come home. It is because pastor was too busy to even pick up my phone. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. See, some people don't say amen to these things. because <laughs> I know. See, we all pray for the salvation of souls overall, isn't it? Yeah. Salvation of the soul. 
but the person getting saved is the spirit right so my soul is my emotion my will my intellect my conscience but all that is of a spirit right i am a spirit i live in this body and i have a soul so is my soul going to heaven my spirit going to heaven what is happening see it's all interwoven but till the time my emotions don't catch up my soul doesn't catch up to what is happening in the spirit even though my spirit has the capacity to do something achieve something he won't be able to do are you there with me yeah. the bible says i was healed by the stripes that were laid on jesus i was already healed isaiah 53 right i was already healed but i still struggle because my mind is not able to comprehend the fact that if i was already healed why does my hand still feel pain it is this this mind that is supposed to come to terms with what has happened so my mind is continuously pay, playing catch up right and that's why the bible emphasizes that i've got to renew my mind see so many of us we are not able to achieve or rather function in the grace or in the stature into which my spirit man has already grown is because my mind has not been able to comprehend what i have become and that is why you need somebody to come to you and say david listen i am anointing you king see david did not become king instantly but god had already taught in his heart and mind but david did not know he had killed the lion he had killed the bear he had the capacity to kill goliath but somebody had to come and tell him i anoint the king so when he goes to the battlefield and he sees goliath coming 40 days 40 nights coming come one person come and he seeing the king is in the tent hey you know brothers he's like what's happening where's saul oh, he's in his tent but he's the king no 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 not he i am the king so when his mind caught up to what had already been deposited in his spirit the question that he asks is what's going to be done for the guy who kills this man are you with me i pray this morning that your mind will catch up to what has happened to you in the spirit that you would rise up to the stature that god has deposited inside of you the the the, the things that the, the holy spirit has deposited in you your mind would be able to catch up in jesus name hallelujah hallelujah 
the soul offense offense mary refuses to go out we just don't need the anointing listen to me you are all anointed let me say that again you are all anointed i'll tell you why the anointed one lives in you by the holy spirit amen but what i need is maturity in my emotions everybody said martha you're so busy you're always in the kitchen look at mary learn from mary you know there's always this one brother in church who claps the loudest please i'm not pointing out anybody please do that the one fellow who dances the most and i know you your church you guys dance which is good you know i dance but it is not a pleasurable sight <laughs> and then your parents pick on you and say look at that boy see how he is praising see how he is dancing see how much he prays and how much he reads like so what and everybody is like look at mary martha she's your sister you're the elder one learn something from her it's not just how loudly i can say jesus i love you it's not just about how many tears i can cry in his presence which is all good please listen to me it's all good but the next level is i need to have the emotional maturity to handle pain to handle disappointment to handle offense because if that is not there it won't take long for me to say i'm not going to receive jesus because that's what mary did martha goes she meets jesus not just outside the house she's not stepped out of the threshold of the house she has gone outside the town she has gone outside the town was wondering why would she go outside the town there's death in the house there's pain and there is emotions everywhere you know if you read the beginning of this chapter it says jesus was coming to bethany the town of martha town of martha and mary why hey just because he calls me friend just because he comes to my home and just because you know we eat a meal together doesn't change his stature doesn't change who he is yeah i will still go out not just out of my own house 
I will, because this is my town. I will go to the borders of that town and say welcome. See, even though she had pain in her, there was this maturity. It's like, no, no, no. I, I, I call him teacher, and he was his friend, and and I have cooked for him. You know, so many times he came to my house. I cook good food for him, but this is how he repays me. Come on. If anybody had to be offended, it was Martha, because it was she who was sweating. And mind you, she was not just cooking for Jesus. She was cooking for Jesus. She was cooking for three of them and the twelve disciples and some more who tagged along. So she had the right to say, "You come to my house. I cook delicious food for you." But she went out. Whether my prayers get answered, whether I am healed or no, whether I get promoted or no. His throne is forever. His stature is forever. He is king of the universe. He is the Lord of Lord. And there is nobody like him. That place, his position is not compromised. His position is not contingent on whether I am blessed or no. His position is not compromised if I have a new car or no. Even if I am dying, he is still God. In the midst of my pain, he is still God. However vulnerable I am feeling, he is still God. And that's the understanding and maturity Martha possessed. And I pray that that would be us. That we will not allow offense. Forget about, you know, we get so many times we don't even realize that we are upset with God. Because, yeah. listen, if you are upset with some people and if you have the boldness enough to go and tell them, listen, I'm offended by what you did. Because a lot of time we are offended with people but we will not go and tell them. Because yeah. we're chicken. <laughs> <laughs> but we're offended with God. Listen, do you realize you can't be offended with the king. In a moment, he'll have your head on the platter. I am offended with God. He did not answer my prayer. So many years I have been praying. So many years. Offended with God. I don't know about you, but there were times in my life I have turned around and asked questions. God, why? How can I go through this? How many of you said that? How can I? Why me? And God, if God just turns around and says, excuse me, who are you? <laughs> your, your next breath is contingent upon me saying, achi. 
We think we, you know, not the sun. The world revolves around us. We need to sometimes tell ourselves we're not that important. I'm not challenging your identity right now. But I'm telling you, we are contingent on him. His position, his throne is not contingent on me. He did not become God because I started praising him. He did not become God because I raised a hallelujah. He was God when there was nobody to tell him that he was God. And he knew it. He is unwavering. He is so secured in his identity. He is so secured in who he is. He says, I don't care. In fact, the reason sometimes he delays, it is to bring out in us his kind of long-suffering. His kind of patience. Because remember, it is the fruit of the Spirit. I am very patient. No, 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 no. Do you have his kind of patience? Do you have his kind of long-suffering? Do we have his kind of forgiveness? Am I talking to somebody this morning? And then Jesus has this conversation with her, you know, with Martha saying, your brother will live and, you know, I don't have time to go into all that. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and life. Martha says, you know, yes, Lord, I know my brother will rise in the day, you know, of resurrection when, you know, all those things. And Jesus says, don't give me your scripture knowledge. (laughs) Jesus is saying your brother will rise. She is bringing out theology. You are teaching theology to the word himself. Come on. This is how I know God has a sense of humor. (laughs) He says, okay, let me me put all these things to rest. I am the resurrection. I am not here to bring resurrection. He's saying resurrection is here. I am the... So resurrection is not an event, it's a person. Resurrection is a person. He's saying, I am the resurrection. I am the life. And then he says, yes, yes, Lord. Jesus even turns around and asks her, do you believe? Yes, Lord, I believe. You know what she says she believes? She says, I believe, Lord, you are Christ, son of God who is to come into the world. Jesus is saying, do you believe I am the resurrection and life? But pastor, I said amen. What did you say amen to? Come on, I am talking to you because this is exactly how I handled things. And this is what caused delays. And this is what caused my pain to increase. 
This is what caused disappointment to grow. Jesus is saying, I am the resurrection and life. Do you believe, Martha? That's verse 27. She says, yes, yes, I believe you are the son of God coming to the world. <laughs> it's like apples and oranges, come on. <laughs> then they have that conversation and Jesus is still outside the town. And she comes back home. That's where our service begins for today. You know, how much time do we have? <laughs> and when all this is done, she comes back home. And the Bible says, when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private. She went, that means she came back home. And she took Mary aside and said, Jesus is here, he wants to see you. Now, this was not a message that needed to be given in private. Because the world knows Jesus is standing outside. Jesus came to meet them. Everybody knows. But she took her aside. So it was not the message. I believe how it was delivered. It was how it was delivered. You know, this is what happens sometimes. You grab hold of somebody's hand. Has that happened with you? Has mama ever grabbed hold of your hand, pulled you aside and taken you into the room and said one more word out of your mouth? <laughs> another syllable out of your mouth, you won't get food. <laughs> or whatever the threat is. Sometimes, you know, most of the time she did not have to complete the threat also. It was just another word. And then she would have a straight face and a smile and she'd come back to the guest. I believe that's exactly what happened. Martha had to pull Mary aside and say, Mary, you sat at his feet. You refused to leave. Even when I was struggling to cook, I did not complain about that to you. I didn't say anything to you, but you love him. And this is when you show exactly he wants to see you. See, Jesus did not compromise his position. Oh, Mary is in pain. I understand. She did. He did not come home. That's what we expect Jesus to do. He did not. He, he knows who he is. He still waited outside the town. He did not come out. Mary had to go. We've got to learn to rise. We've got to learn to get up. 
We've got to find our way back to the feet of Jesus. We've got to find our way back to the place where I am still loving him, still worshipping him. And if that means I need a brother, a sister, my mentor, my pastor, my spiritual father to take me aside by my hand, grab me, pull me, you know, to discipline me, so be it. If I am able to submit to that. So listen to me. If Martha could actually grab hold of her hand, take her aside, look at the spiritual stature. It was not the person who was sitting at the feet of Jesus crying her eyes out saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. No, no, the person with understanding is the one elevated. It's understanding. Thankfully, Mary loved Jesus. There's no doubt, you know, hurt does not mean that you don't love the person. These are two different emotions. Come on, am I talking to somebody? If you're offended by somebody, doesn't mean that you don't love the person. The only reason you're offended because you love the person. The Bible says she rose up quickly. Amen. When she heard this, the Bible says she rose quickly and went to him. And now, Jesus had not yet come into the village, was still in the place where Martha had met him. He was still there. Can you imagine? He's still there. His disciples still there, people around there. He's still hanging out there, outside the village. She rose quickly and she went. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Can I ask you a question? Mary also got up, no? And went to meet Jesus. Why didn't they follow after her? Her brother also died, right? So if they were so concerned of Mary that they got up because she got up quickly and they thought she will go to the tomb and cry. That same leverage wasn't given to Martha. That's not my subject today, but I'm just leaving something to you. But they chose the one who was outside in front of everybody, crying, feet of Jesus. I love you, Jesus. There's signs, miracles, and everybody will follow the person with signs and miracles. But the understanding is something that is not at display. Wow. 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 Yeah. Signs and miracles, everybody can see. Understanding is shared in person, in secret. Okay. <laughs> But Mary, they followed after. They said, she will go back to the tomb and she will cry there. That means the people did not hear the message that was given to her by Martha because it was done in secret. So they're still assuming that she's going to the tomb. She's going to the tomb. 
she'll go there and weep they followed after her hey this it's the same girl who's crying here will go and cry there what is there for you to go follow after they assumed that she is going to the tomb i like how it is said in the nkjv it says as soon as she heard that she arose quickly came unto him jesus was not yet come into the town but was in that place where martha met him the jews then which were with her in the house and comforted her when they saw mary that she rose up hastily went out followed her saying they were not just thinking they said it out loud she is going to the tomb to weep can i tell you something the world will always suppose and what they have supposed they will say they will always suppose you will go back to the place of your pain that you will go back to the place of your failure that you will go back to the place of your shame and you will weep there they will always want you that's the that's what the enemy wants he will always want you to go back to the place you fell last to go back to the place where you had the loss to go back to the place where you faced financial crisis to go back to a place where your emotions were hurt where your marriage failed where your children rebelled to go back to that place where everything started shattering around you she is going how, how could you just suppose that she is going to the tomb in 4 days she is not gone there it's been 4 days that they have buried her brother she is not gone there she is sitting peacefully here i mean she is mourning and all but you suppose oh you suppose is it they will always want you to go back to that place the enemy will always remind you you remember you prayed you remember you even sowed a seed you built an altar that prayer not yet answered hey, you still waiting on your future husband always want to take back where you were broken she is going to jesus she is going to the one who can fix her she is going to the one she is en route she is en route to the going to the person who will put her back together but they are thinking and they are speaking it they are prophesying over you they are prophesying on your situation oh he will always go back no those habits don't go easily pastor these you know once a liar always a liar money pastor money i know that person is very stingy they will always want you to go back to the tomb they will always suppose you go back to the tomb they will always suppose that you will go there and weep weep about what she is already weeping enough you are here to comfort her good job
point, I pray that we say, I refuse to go back to that place. I refuse to go back to the place of my defeat. I refuse to go back to the place where I last fell. I refuse to go back to the place where I felt vulnerable, where I felt weak, where I felt defeated, where I felt betrayed, where I was offended. I refuse to go back to the place. I pray that we will rise up in emotional maturity. I pray that we will rise up in understanding and we will say, I have cut with my pain Amen. Amen. so many times we say oh God doesn't understand my pain hey listen he understands the Bible says Isaiah 53 that he was a man of sorrows he knows pain whatever is your pain he knows whatever is your pain can I tell you he knows he was a man of sorrow. The Bible says we despised him. So he knows. He knows your pain. He is not oblivious to the fact that it hurts. The proof is he cried out, my God, my God, why have you left me? Why have you left me? Because one thing he knew that the father will not leave him. One thing he was so sure of that he will never be alone. Can you imagine? He and the father were one. One. Throughout eternity. We, don't, we can't even fathom. Our minds don't understand eternity. Because we've been conditioned to think by 24 hours and days and weeks and months eternity eternity is forever and then in that moment he cries out why have you left me can you imagine the pain can you imagine the the, the offense he could have carried The enemy will always want to take us back to that shame to the guilt the last time I failed because that's the weapon he uses. I pray we rise above these things. Amen. I declare over you that you would rise above those emotions. Amen. Hallelujah. Not all emotions are bad. Please understand. For a believer, being in a place of vulnerability is very important. Because that causes me to lean on Jesus. Amen. When I am vulnerable, I need to know that there is Jesus. But when I say, no, 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 I will not, I will not, that is pride. She comes to Jesus, sits, you know, at his feet again. Isn't it amazing that when we find Jesus, we go back to our original position? Because that's DNA. Once we find our way back to him, we'll go back to our old position. The hard part is the road. You know, if there's traffic on the road, you will take a detour. Once you come here, you know exactly where you're supposed to sit. May you find your way back to Jesus. 
in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your trouble, in the midst of all the confusion and the offense and, and the burden of loss, may you find your way back to Jesus. Jesus said, deeply moved again, they came to the tomb. Or oh, before that, in verse 34, he says, where have you laid him? Can you ask, where have you laid him? Come on, say it aloud. Where have you laid him? See, we need to understand Jesus' questions. He could have easily said, show me his tomb. Where is his tomb? Cause he, but he's saying, where have you laid him? Not where Lazarus is buried. Where is he buried? No, no, no. But where have you laid him? Where have you laid him? He's asking the sister, where have you laid him? He's asking the one who's going through pain, where have you buried him? Where have you buried your faith? Where have you buried your forgiveness? Where have you buried your patience? Where did you bury your love? Where did you bury the, the peace that I gave you? Where did you bury the, 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 the steadiness that I gave you? Why are you in so much of turmoil? Why is it that your mind is still struggling with the storm around you? Don't you see I am sleeping in peace? Why are you waking me up? Where have you laid your faith? Where have you laid the peace that I gave you? How did you allow somebody to come and steal it from you? His joy, his peace, right? My joy I give unto you. My peace I give unto you. I, we say the joy of the Lord. That is his joy. My peace I give unto you. And we lose both that belong to him. Come on. Come on. Wow. So he's saying, not, not where have you laid Lazarus? Where have you laid? Where did you leave it? Where did you leave your joy? Where did you leave your peace? Where did you leave the praise? Where did you last bury it? I can't see praise around you. I can't see the clapping around you. I can't see the joy around you. Where did you bury it? Because that's what offense does. I'm not going to trust one more time. I will not believe one more time. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. All these prophecies and all. No, 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 no. I'm not going to, you know, even waste my time. See, we've got to understand these things. And only then will we understand why Thomas would say, I will not believe till I put my finger in his wounds. Because the guy has gone through so much pain. He has seen his master who he thought will never leave them. He's seen his master who he has seen raise people from the dead, calm the storm, heal the sick, feed people by the thousands, now dying on the cross. And now the Thomas, as Jesus has been crucified, he's saying, any moment now, he will get off the cross. Any moment now, he has to snap his fingers and there will be angels around. I know, I know, any moment now he will come down and we'll all be saved and he'll sit on the throne of Israel. He cannot die. No, 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 he cannot die. And, and by every, you know, we put confessions. 
I am victorious. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, you know, and I will crush the head of the, uh, the serpent. I will drink poisonous drink. It won't harm me. And I have been given the authority to trample over scorpions and snakes. We, we all say that. With every confession, Thomas's faith was getting killed. Because with every confession, he saw Jesus dying. And then he actually saw Jesus die a death that nobody else died. So it's easy for us to say, hey, Thomas, how can you not have faith? Hey, if you were crushed the way he was crushed, if you were crushed in emotions as he was, He saw nothing but a piece of meat on that cross. Because the Bible says he didn't look human. There was nothing called beauty left on him. It was just a piece of meat. He said, you can say whatever, I am not going to believe. Till I don't touch him. Till I don't see my miracle, uh-uh. Till I, till I don't see that promotion, till I don't see that house, till I don't see that visa. Come on, how many of you said that? Till I don't. So we have a lot of if-onlys and we have a lot of till I don'ts. And so Jesus is asking, where have you laid him? Where did you bury Lazarus? Because let me tell you, when you bury a person, you bury your dreams that you had with that person. When you bury a person, you bury your expectations that you had with that person. You bury all the, 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 the castles that you build, you know, in your thoughts, in your emotions, everything associated with that person. Your hope, your imagination, all the promises that you made with, you bury them. So Jesus is saying, where did you bury all of that? Show me. Show me. Show me. And today, I know I'm talking to some people who are deeply hurt because there has been a delay. Because prayers are still to receive answers. But I'm here today to tell you, resurrection is asking you, where have you buried those things? Let me resurrect them first. Let me resurrect your hope first. Let me resurrect your faith first. Let me resurrect your peace first. Let me resurrect your joy first. Let me resurrect the praise that has gone dead inside of you first. Let me resurrect the, 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 the fact that you used to be the loudest shouting in church. I want to resurrect those things first. I want to bring your soul up to the stature of your spirit. And then let me see how the miracle doesn't show up. I want to bring up your emotions to the place where I will see maturity inside of you and then we will see how long will it be delayed if you've left something in a tomb today I pray it will come back to life in Jesus name so they took Jesus there 
So Jesus, now deeply moved, again, say again. again. So he has emotions. Yeah. Says again. again. How many times he said again? <laughs> Come on, say again. 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 And again. again. And again. again. And, some more. and some more. And again. again. That's many times we lose our faith. So Jesus, the Bible says, but he was not moved in his emotion, but he was moved in his spirit. That's what the Bible says. Jesus, troubled in the spirit, groaned in the spirit. That means response came from the... See, we get hurt in the emotions because we are human. Okay, we are not titanium. What is that fellow from the X-Men? Yeah, see? That fellow was filled with adamantium, right? We feel emotion. We are hurt. There's nothing wrong in being hurt. Please. There's nothing wrong in being hurt. The problem is when we refuse to leave the place of my hurt. The problem is we say, this is where I'll build my castle, on my pain. On your pain, you can never build anything that will sustain. You can build a big castle, but it will only reflect your pain. You see some people, they are very accomplished. But you talk to them, you go back discouraged. It's like they sucked the life out of you. You know why? Because they built it on their pain. You know, Hindi mein bolte hai, karega. I'll do it. I will do it. My response should be out of the spirit. Bible says, when Nehemiah heard that Jerusalem's walls were broken down and the gates were burnt, he mourned for days. He mourned for days. That means his emotions were hurt. That his house, his land, his city, it was hurt. But that was his first response. He cried. But then he rose up. And then he said, I am going to go build it again. Now that is a response from the spirit. He cried as long as he needed to cry. Can I tell you, you want to cry for a month, cry. But come back and stand before the king. You want to cry for six months, cry, but come back and stand before the king. Because even in the presence of the king, his face was sad. That means sorrow had not left him, but he chose to be in the presence of the king. So the king looked at him and said, hey, what's up? What's the deal? 
Because when I am in front of the king, he will say, what do you need, my son? Because till the time I'm stuck in my room, crying over my pillow, even God cannot help me. Say, I refuse to remain in pain. I refuse to remain in offense. I will not allow pain to rule me. Come on, you have the authority to do that. The Bible says he gives me beauty for ashes. You know, we quote that so many times. We sing that song, I'm trading my soul. For the longest time, I, I sang that song, I did not know what it meant. Because I loved the hook in the song. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. <laughs> See, lack of understanding. We sing, but we don't know what we are singing. We don't understand. The Bible says beauty for ashes. That means you give your ashes and you exchange. Amen. In return, you get beauty. Come on, today I'm here to tell somebody, are you willing to let go of your pain? Are you willing to let go of that confused heart? Are you willing to let go of the offense? Because if that is what you want to do, he's ready to give you beauty. It's a divine exchange. And a very good one. He's giving you the precious one. You know, we feel our pain is so important to us. You know, you talk to some people and say, Brother, you don't know what all I have gone through. Why do you even remember? <laughs> In 1972, that is even before I was born, sister, please don't tell me. Literally, that is before I was born. But you remember. And then you complain, scripture yaad nahi you complain for people who do not understand that you can't remember scripture. Your hard drive is filled with garbage. Come on now. I am talking. I, am I know what I am saying this morning. The only reason I am not able to meditate because my mind is meditating on my pain. I am not able to meditate on the word. I, my mind is meditating on my loss. I am not able to meditate on the resurrection. My mind is meditating on how he hurt me and she hurt me and how they betrayed me that I cannot meditate on forgiveness. The only reason Jesus could forgive is because when he came out of the tomb, he left all of that inside there. Yeah. 
So she says, Jesus went to the tomb and says, take that stone away. Take that stone away. Take that stone away. And the Bible says, Martha, the sister of the dead man. Can you read that? In verse 39. Martha, the sister of the dead man. Now they are telling who she is. They could just say Martha, no? Martha, the sister of the dead man. Because now what she was saying did not sound like she was the sister of the dead man. Because she is saying, Jesus, it's been four days. Stinking. Just ten minutes before this you were saying, if you would have been here, my brother would have been alive. Now you're saying, Jesus is saying, open the tomb, roll the stone away. You're saying, <laughs> 39 verse in the NKJV, it says, Lord, by this time, he stinketh, not it. He, the brother for whom she's crying. And the person who says, I am the resurrection. And she said, I believe, remember? <laughs> he stinketh. I want my brother to, you know, come back to her. But, you know, he's very messy, pastor. And it's amazing how Jesus said, you roll the stone away. Because it is you who laid him there. See, we want God to deal with our situation. We want God to, you know, clean our mess. He won't. Ah, uh, see? We don't like that. He will not clean our mess. He's saying, roll the stone away. You laid him there, you rolled the stone away. But no, 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 Pastor, it's stinking. Stinking. He may be stinking. He, he, my brother, for whom I died. For whom just five minutes ago, I complained saying because of you, he died. He's stinking. See, we want victory in a certain area, but we don't want to pull the stone away and expose that problem to Jesus. You know why? Because we know it's messy down there. We know it is stinking. It's like when guests are to come, you will take everything that is scattered in the hall, pick that up and dump it in one room and lock that room. <laughs> and you'll say, this is my house and a nice kitchen and nice view. You know, that is one of the rooms. You will not take him there. You know why? Because you know the mess you've created there. Come on, we know the mess we have got ourselves into. He's saying, roll the stone. I have the capacity to bring whatever is dead out, but I need you to roll the stone. You roll the stone. 
Can you expose the problem? Can you expose the weakness to Jesus? Can you roll the, can you stop covering your messes up? Can you stop lying about that situation? So many things have not seen victory in our lives. We go from meeting to meeting, conference to conference. People have laid hands and they said, your season has changed. How many of you heard that? Hey, new season, you go and buy new clothes, don't you? If it's a rainy season approaching, you'll go buy an umbrella or a raincoat or whatever. Why? You're preparing for the season. So if, if in the spirit the season has changed, what have you done to receive? So Jesus is saying, I want to heal your problem. I want to pull you out of your mess. I want to pull you out of your sin. Can you please roll that stone? Because I'm not doing it for you. I had to carry the cross, I did it. I had to roll the stone once and walk out of the tomb, I did it. I am not doing it again. Jesus has experience rolling stones away. But my stone, he will not. Because my cross, I have to carry. That's what he says. You carry your cross and you come after me. See, these are principles. We want God to do everything. Jesus said, if you carry your cross, carry your cross. Carry your cross, everybody will see your cross. Jesus did not carry the cross in secret. Come on now. The whole world saw him carrying the cross. He did not tell uh, Pilate, listen, can we do this on the weekend, you know, when there's less crowd? In fact, when he came out victorious, it was on the weekend. Nobody saw. But he carried my shame, my pain, my sickness publicly. He is not expecting you to do anything that he has not done in the first place. He carried my cross. He carried my pain. He carried my sickness. He was buried along with all those things inside. In fact, his identity was exchanged. Bible says, he that did not know sin became sin. He became sin. He did not carry sin. He became sin. Righteousness became sin. And we want to do it all in the secret. Pastor, can I please, you know, ask you, pray, Pastor. What? God will tell you, Pastor. (laughs) Have you got calls like that, bro? I am telling you, you might think this is a joke. It is not. (laughs) Such people, I say, please don't ever come back to me. It's like Pharaoh saying, I have got a dream. You tell me what the dream is and you tell me the meaning of the dream also. (laughs) In Canada, they'll say, hey, hogale. (laughs) 
Pastor, God will tell you, Pastor, I, there's so much pain. What pain? God will tell you, Pastor, you only pray for me. It's like... As it is throughout the week, I have to fast and pray and prepare. So in your coconut, some word will go. <laughs> now I have to pray, ask for discernment. Like I have better things to do in life. Come on, are we ready to push that stone away? Yes. Jesus said, you take one step, Baba. Didn't he say that? Take one step, no. I will take ten. He knows we're lazy. He knows. He knows we get overwhelmed. He knows we're not able to handle pain. So he says, can you please take one step? I will do the rest. He's not saying resurrect Lazarus. He's saying, you just roll the stone. He asked you a few questions. Where have you laid him and can you roll the stone? Yeah. If you could roll it on the mouth of the tomb, you can take it away. Yeah. Can I tell you, whatever you have concealed, you have the power to bring it to open. Yeah. The only reason my sin still has control over me because I have treasured it. You know, my sin, you know, don't, you know, in church, nobody should know. So Saturday night, I will take it to the tomb, I'll put it there, roll the stone, I'll put the seal also, do not open private property. <laughs> uh, secret diaries and all there, right, no? Bible says there's nothing hidden that will not come to light. There's nothing hidden. If he chooses to bring my weakness out, I'll have nowhere to run. He says, roll the stone. You know what happens with rolling that stone? There is passage now for the light to enter. There is passage now for light to enter. Because mind you, Jesus did not enter the tomb. He stood out. He did not go inside. He stood out and he called out. He called out. He said, Lazarus, come out. Are we okay, 10 more minutes? He did not go inside. The light went inside. Jesus physically stood outside, but his voice went inside. His words went inside. His words went inside. And he called out Lazarus. Whom did he call out? Say it out loud. Lazarus. But Lazarus was dead, wasn't he? How could he hear? For a person to hear, he needs to be alive. He needs to have the capacity to 
but the guy is dead four days hey, it depends on who is calling it's like this mama saying hey I've, I've tried all day he's not coming out you're the best friend please go no depends upon who's calling out depends upon whose words he is only four days old that means there is some meat on him still there was one fellow who called out bones yeah there is nothing so dead that will not respond to the voice of resurrection. There is nothing, no situation so dead that will not respond to the voice of resurrection. Because this is not a normal person. This is resurrection calling out Lazarus. And thankfully Jesus called his name out. Because if you would have said, hey, come out, every person buried around in that place would have come out. But he did not go there for everybody. He's gone there for you. He's gone there for Lazarus. He's gone there for them that he loved. Because the Bible says, when they sent word to Jesus, this is what they wrote in the telegram. These days they don't send telegrams. Okay, these days everything happening electronically. You use the app called Telegram, but you know, in, in those days they used to send Telegram, one line, whatever is important. Because that's what SMS means, short messaging service. <laughs> okay, Jesus, the one you love is sick. That's the message they sent, one line. Jesus, the one you love is sick not we who love you who worship you who give offering who give tithe who fast who pray who come to church clean the chairs set up the sound no no no. the one you love so jesus did not go there to raise everybody so he had to be specific he had to call out lazarus because let me tell you he does not respond to my service he does not respond because I love him. He responds to his investment of love in me. His investment of love in me. He's deposited inside me something that is precious to him. And he'll come and do everything to retrieve what is his. That's why he said, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. So how could Lazarus hear? He heard his master calling. He heard he heard, he heard the words, he heard the words. You know, that's what the Bible says, his, his word is like two-edged sword going through bones and marrows and you know, it'll go and accomplish the purpose for which it has been sent. It will never come back empty. But can we roll the stone this morning? Can we allow the light to speak this morning? Can we allow the word of God to penetrate? Can we just bear our soul and you know, just, just remove 
move the walls and be like Thomas. If that means everybody will call you doubting Thomas for ages to come, it's okay. Because it was Thomas who got confirmation. Everybody else. It was Thomas who could touch Jesus. Everybody else, they could not. It was Thomas. Only two people touched, resurrected Jesus. Mary and Thomas. One, because she would refuse to leave the tomb. And the other one said, I am running away from this tomb because I don't believe. But I will not allow my emotions to have the better of me. He responds to his love that he has invested inside of us. And I know there are people sitting here. I know I am talking to people who love him. But I want to tell them that love him that he loves you more. He loves you more. I don't care if you forget everything that I spoke to you this morning. Don't forget this, that he loves you more. He loves you more. He is concerned more of your pain. He is concerned more of your hurt. He knows that you are hurting, my brother. He knows that you are hurting my sister he knows that there is pain he knows that there is confusion but here he is and here he is saying I am the resurrection I am the life somebody's season has already changed because Lazarus didn't come back to life when Jesus called him Lazarus's life came back to him when Jesus said we will go and wake him up Jesus didn't say, we are going to raise him up. We are going to wake him up. So when Jesus said, this death, uh, this, uh, this sickness is not unto death, but unto the glory of God. This he spoke to the disciples. Lazarus was already alive. All he needed was the stone to be rolled and say, hey, come out. Your situation is not dead anymore. Your business is not dead anymore. Your children are not rebellious anymore. Your marriage will not suffer anymore. Because resurrection power has already been released. Because resurrection has visited BRC. Resurrection has visited your home. Resurrection is the Lord of your life. And he's calling out, hey Lazarus, can you come out? Thank you for tuning in for today's sermon. We hope this word has been a blessing to you. Do visit us at dreamingrevival.com for more information. You're welcome to tune in every Sunday for our live celebration service at 11am at youtube.com slash God bless you and have a blessed week.